service this morning started off Psalm 18. I want you to see Psalm 71 has to say. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Now I'm going to pick up on a particular theme. I won't read every word. But I'll pick up on a particular theme that uh, psalmist is communicating. This is David here. He says, I will tell everyone about your righteousness. This is verse 15. 71, 15. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power. Verse 16, I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. Verse 17, I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Let me proclaim your power, verse 18. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Verse 19, you have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? David had a gift to share like every person of God does. We have a gift to share. That's what I'm going to speak to you this morning about your unique gift. How many of you know that you have a unique gift? Really, there's more than one, but the one I want to talk about this morning is totally unique to you. You know what that gift is? You know what that gift is that you have to offer? It's your testimony. It's your testimony about God, about the goodness of God, about the power of God, about the faithfulness of God, anything and everything that God has done. By the way, Randall, good to see you. I'm glad you're here. And uh, praying for you. I pray your recovery is going well. All right. Praise God. Hang in there. Amen. You and James and the rest that have had injuries and stuff, y'all hang in there. Amen. And glad everybody's in one piece. Doing better. So anyway, praise God. But you have a, how many of you realize you, you've got a unique, uh, you got a unique gift, a gift of your testimony. Your testimony is a gift to the people around you. It's a gift to them. And God wants you to share it. He wants me to share it. We, he wants us to use it and to, and to give Him glory. Amen? Hallelujah. And that we can do this in the midst of any, any kind of setting, any kind of circumstance. And um, oh, I, I tell you, I just, um, well, one of the things you, you've been praying for us, we appreciate all your prayers and support and what, what we've been faced with and going through like some others in the community, the, the the storm and all of that, and it, it, I, was, I was really touched. It really made an impression on me, and it just caused me to think about Christians in general. As uh, I'd walked in, into our house, and sitting at the piano is, is my wife. And she's there in the middle, and I look around, and, and here's this house that is just in total disarray. The piano, she's had to uncover it. She's had to pull the plastic back and pull the blanket back, and there's dust all over the bottoms of the legs where it wasn't fully covered. There's dust all over the rooms. There's partial floor and just paint on the floor and dust on the floor, and 
only a couple lights on in the house that are left. Um, 90% of them are down. And, and she's got a light on in this room, in this back room, and just a little bit of you know, rays of lights coming just enough for her to be able to see to play. And uh, tables and other co- couple big pieces of furniture that are left are all covered with plastic and dust and, and all of this stuff. And sitting in the middle of it, she's there sitting down at the piano playing this beautiful music, this beautiful voice, singing praises to God, worshiping God in the middle of the mess. And folks, that's kind of a picture of what we're doing. We're worshiping God in the middle of the mess. And that's our unique gift that we can give testimony, give praise to God, that we can worship God even in the middle of a mess. And I know some of you are faced with a mess. You just It's just a mess. I mean, Israel's at war. And we need to pray for Israel, God's people. And our hearts go also to those, the Palestinian children, innocent people caught up in what they don't even know. They don't even know their right hand from their left. We're in a mess. This world's in a mess. America's in a mess. Our communities are in a mess. Sure that many of you are aware that, again, last night in Covington, there was a shooting and a death. The week before, there was a shooting and a death. We've had families torn apart by just absolute darkness. Things are so dark, so heavy. But here we stand. And we worship God in the middle of the mess. May we lift up the name of the Lord that people would call on God because I want to tell you, we serve a God who can turn messes around. And we're the hope, amen, so to speak. We're the hope by glorifying God, by glorifying Jesus Christ, and you and I play a key part, right? We play a key part. And I pray for that. Oh, God, help us. I, I, I just pray for you today. Some of you going through things. You, you don't know how you're going to do it. You don't know how the answer is. And how many of you are in a situation? How many of you, if you're not in a situation now, you've been in a situation before, and you're like this, God, unless you break through, unless you intervene, unless you touch somebody's heart, unless you intervene in this person's sickness, they're not going to make it. Come on, lift your hand if you've ever been there. Look all over this place. But we're still standing. We worship God in the middle of the mess because if God's there, there is hope. And we will not quit. We will not give up. Our God is able. Amen? And we pray that people will be driven to a point where enough is enough. You know, even the prodigal, the same thing that happened to a prodigal can happen to a community. Where his eyes were open, he came to his senses, and he began to cry out to God. It's happened to peoples before. God has turned nations around. He's turned communities around. How many of you will pray with me? God, turn it around. We need to pray with one another. Those who have shared. There has been private 
pains and private needs. I know that. I, I realize that there are needs in this room that few, if anybody, know anything about. I get it. But I'm going to tell you, you know and God knows. And, and maybe you've shared it with a friend or two and they're praying. I'm going to tell you, your prayers matter. And we serve a God who's not changed. He's faithful. Amen. And we just need to continue to trust in the Lord and lift up the Lord. Don't you dare quit. That's the thing. Testimonies don't come when we quit. Testimonies come when we hang in there and we trust in the faithfulness of God. And He's faithful. How many of y'all know and could testify God is still the same as He always has been? Folks, I don't understand this thing. I don't have to understand this thing. This, this, the problem seems so big, it seems insurmountable, but then you begin to think about how big God is. And I just, I cannot picture how big God is, but I know that He's bigger in this than this mess. And He's able, if people will allow Him and call on Him, amen, if they'll turn to Him, folks, He can turn it around like that. I'm telling you, He can turn it around. Amen? And we need to believe the Lord. But I think part of that thing, when God begins to move, He moves through His people who began to pray. And I tell you, Lord, help us to pray. I mean, God's house is still a house of prayer. And I, I, I want you to just begin to pray. How's your, how, how are you doing in your prayer? How many, how many of you found the struggle because of the mess? In some ways, it might have negatively impacted your prayer life. I, I can tell you it's made prayer more difficult just where we are. It's been hard. I miss my spot. I miss my prayer closet. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a literal mess, and I miss it, Brother Houston. You get used to it. You get in your, your habit and thing of going in there, and this is where I meet with God, and when it's taken, it's like, I'm not comfortable. This is, this is not it. I'm still trying to press through, but, but Houston, in spite of it, God's still the same, and He's bigger than anything we face, and He's bigger than our weakness He's bigger than anything. Young people, I, I want you to know, God, God's got this. We're not the, this is not the first time we've been in messes. People have been in messes before. This world's been a mess since the very beginning. But every time God comes through and He breaks through, and oftentimes He uses a remnant or He uses a person, He uses just something small to do something big. So you just believe God. Let me tell you, how I many young people, you love the Lord? Come on, God, see your hand. You love God. You love God. Amen. I tell you what, go after it. Just go after it. Amen. Let's shine. Worship Him in the middle of the mess. And people look at you and they'll, they'll see the difference. Church, worship God in the middle of the mess. I know some of you are working in a mess. Some of you all might be living in a mess, but not your choice. But glorify the Lord. We've got a unique gift to offer. And it's that of our testimony. Right? It's that of our testimony. I was thinking about the various things related to a testimony, and one of those was, a, was the path of a testimony. There are several things, several ways, several pathways uh, to where we will have experiences with God uh, whereby we can testify. Amen? And, and one of those, it, it may be the path of conversion. Every Christian has a conversion story. <laughs> Right? I mean, you know, if you don't have a conversion story, then you're not a Christian. So every Christian has a conversion story. How many conversion stories do we have in the house this morning? Right? And so, so we have that. Many can testify of, of what your life was before you came to Christ and then uh, what it's like after you came to Christ. There's a few that were fortunately and you were saved at a very young age and, 
you know, maybe the worst thing that you can remember is, you know, like disobeying your mom when she said, eat this cereal and, you know, or eat this vegetable and you didn't do it, you know. Um, you had to repent of that. <laughs> but maybe that's what you can remember. But you still, you've seen the, you've seen the power of God. And uh, some have been in deep places. You were truly in a, a huge mess. And you see the transformation that took place. There's those kinds of pathways, a pathway to those kinds of testimonies. It may be a path of deliverance. This is Christians who've been healed or delivered from impossible uh, situations where there was no way out or saved from physical harm. How many of you have experienced healing in your body? You've been delivered in that way. All right. You've been saved for so you, you saw God rescue. You saw God come through in a play in a way where there was there was no way out. Amen. You've seen those things all through this house. There's those kinds of testimonies, and we can share about it. We can talk about it. Another pathway uh, pathway to a testimony may be that of just simple, simply the faithfulness of God, which we sing about this morning. All my life, you have been faithful. Amen. Now, all your life might not be very long for some in, that, in this room. And, uh, but for others, you know, your, your faithfulness testimony covers uh, several decades, right? And uh, it's amazing how sometimes, you know, we, we might say statements when we're young, like, you know, all my life I've done this. We were laughing the other day. We went to a, a, a baseball game, and, um, and uh, they, they were pointing the camera around and shooting people in the stands and they and and, and they pointed the camera our way and and Emma and Josiah were, were on the the big screen camera at Bush Stadium you know and and it was funny because Emma said I've been waiting for this all my life <laughs> you know <laughs> all eight years you know how do you know you can it carries a little more credibility when you talk about the faithfulness of God when you served him for 80 years right now I'll tell you though if you've gone through a trial that lasted for eight years you can also talk about the faithfulness of God how many here could talk about and tell about the faithfulness of God you've got a testimony of God's faithfulness has walked you through and you keep trusting you keep believing and though it seems like the weather is not any different than one day after another, or there's no change and no promise of uh, a forecast uh, changing, yet you know God's faithful and someday the sun is going to shine again. You realize and you believe by faith that it's still shining out there even though you can't see it. And you know and you trust in the faithfulness of God. May every one of us here trust in God's faithfulness. Oh God, oh God, oh God, help us to trust in you. What else are we going to do? Who else are you going to trust in? I'm going to trust in the Lord. Amen. How many of you with me? You're going to trust in God. Pathway to, to faithfulness. And God gives the power of perseverance, which is such a key thing in our Christian walk. God will, should Jesus tarry somewhere along our journey, and probably more than once, God will call us to those places where we will need to persevere. And we just keep going. We just keep marching we just keep moving amen and it's not based upon how things look it's not based upon how things feel it's not based upon emotion it's not based upon uh 
uh, what's in your bank account or what isn't in your bank account. It's not based on any of those things. It's just based upon absolute trust and confidence in the faithfulness of God. And I pray today, I pray for turnaround. How many of you, how many of you want to pray with one another for turnaround in one another's situation? Come on. How do we need it? We need to turn around. We need breakthrough, right? Folks, let's believe God. How many of you believe God with me? God, do it. God, do it again. Do it again. Do it in this situation. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Help us, Lord. Whatever the details of your testimony, of your unique gift, wherever you experience God, it has power. It has power. Tell your neighbor, say, your testimony has power. Come on, how many of you realize you got a testimony? You got a testimony. And it has power. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a few to you. I'm going to read a few testimonies, and you tell me, you just uh, think about who it was. Don't, don't say anything out loud, um, but you just think about if you recognize these. If only my master would see the prophet of God, he would cure him. He told me everything I ever did. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Do you recognize those? You recognize any of them? Yeah. If only my master would see the prophet of God, he would cure him of his leprosy. I can't believe who. Oh, Lord. I mean, you know what I'm talking about now. Who are we talking about? Talk about the Hebrew servant girl, her testimony. To her, to her master, Naaman, she had been taken away. She'd been taken away, taken captive. But she still, and I'm going to say this, our testimony has power when it's presented with the love of God. Amen? When it's presented with the love of God. And, and that's what's happening. This, this is, we're, we're never an in-your-face thing. Hey, I got Jesus, you know, uh, wish you had him too. <laughs> you know, no, we, we got Jesus, we want you to have him too. Amen. God loves me. God loves me. And guess what? God loves you. And he loves you just as much as he loves me. Amen. Can you imagine the love that girl had to share in order to be concerned about her master? She had just been taken away. She was concerned about him and said, if, if, I, if my master, if he would just go to the prophet of God, he would cure him. He would cure him. And how you know that girl, that girl's testimony because of her sharing that testimony and one of the most amazing miracles uh, took place and this this commander of an army is healed of leprosy as he obeys the command of the man of God he obeys it and he's cleansed and he goes back to his own country he carries he carries the Bible says he carried as much dirt as he could pack on his camels. Because he wanted that dirt to lay it down because that was from a land where God had healed him. And he wanted that dirt so that he could kneel day after day before the Lord and pray to the God that brought healing to his life and transformed his life. And he asked the prophet of God, would you, would you, would you forgive me for one thing? When I go with my master, because I'm there to help him and to serve him, and he kneels before his idol, 
and I have to kneel there beside him just to help him, not because I'm worshiping the idol, because I believe in the idol, just because I'm helping my master, will you forgive me for this? And he said, I forgive you for that. How many you know God understands our heart? He knows why we do what we do. Amen? And so here's this man, and not only healed from leprosy, but a man who chooses only to bow to the Lord God, amen, and begins to tell about the goodness of God in that country. Who knows how many other people were impacted because of a little servant girl that we don't even know her name, but God does. He told me everything I ever did. We've referred to this so many times. Who are we talking about? The Samaritan woman, right? One woman's testimony caused an entire city to turn out to take notice of Jesus Christ. And love that passage. And many Samaritans believed in Jesus. Why? Because of the woman's testimony. I'd love, I can't, I haven't found anything. I haven't found anything that really shares just why that testimony was so impactful to the city. Because it says she went and shared with the city, come see the man who showed me everything I ever did. And it seems like the town already knew everything she ever did because they really wouldn't associate with her. That's why she was there at noon getting water for the well. So it seems like there's something deeper that we may never know for somebody that has insight on it. I don't know if you do. Let me know. I'd like to know. But there's something about it and how many know when God touches you and you begin to share the story of what God does, there is an anointing that goes with it and the spirit and power of God flows with it. However she shared it, whatever details, however she shared what Jesus did to her, the confession, the humility, the repentance, it changed people's lives. And they said, we got to go see this man. Amen? I'm telling you, your, your, your testimony has power. Your testimony has power. How many of y'all believe that? It has power. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Who, who are they talking about? Saul, later known as Paul, the Apostle Paul, right? Who is known Saul? I love that. I preached a message on that all oh, maybe a few years back. And, uh, and it was just this based on that passage. And it says, and they praise God because of me. They praise God because. How many of you remember that message? Huh? You remember that? That was just, I mean, God just caused that to leap off the page at me, Brother Jimmy. And they praise God because of me. How many want to live that life that, that people see us, they see that, they see us worshiping in the middle of a mess. No matter our circumstances, no matter what's going on around us, they see us worshiping, glorifying, praising God. Folks, that's the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Lord, help us, God, to realize the power that's in our testimony. Don't underestimate what you're sharing. And, and even grandmas and grandpas here, don't underestimate what you're sharing with your kids, how you're pouring in with them. And I want to say to you, listen, no matter what has happened, no matter what's going on, I'm going to tell you the Word of God that's been poured into their life, they will not be able to get away from it. It's going to stick with... How many of you heard stories over and over again about somebody who had went to Sunday school and his teacher had poured into them and they came to God decades later and said, I never could forget what so-and-so told me in Sunday school. Come on, how many of you ever heard those stories? 
God's faithful. His word's faithful. Those of you are going through, seems like things are a mess. I want you to know the words of God that you've planted and that you're continuing to plant. Don't let the enemy cause you to doubt the power of your testimony, of what you have to say. Because it's going with the anointing and presence of God is with it. Amen. The spirit of God is with it and in it. And it's going to bring forth fruit. So trust it. Trust it. Amen. Trust it. You know, there's also the, the testimonies, not only the verbal testimonies, but the testimonies of demonstration. Don't you love those testimonies in Scripture of people that just lived it out? I mean, like, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to I be like Daniel. You know, I chose, chose not to defile himself with the king's food. You know, they kill me, do whatever, but I'm, I'm not going to eat that. Amen? How many you moved by that? You're inspired by that? Daniel, they try to, they try to trip him up and cause him to deny his faith and, and cause him not to pray to God and just keeps on praying. They threaten him with a lion's den. It doesn't shake him. He just keeps on praying. Right? Somebody pointed out the pictures that you see. How many of you have seen drawings of Daniel and the lion's den? How many of you have seen pictures or paintings? How many of you in the pictures and paintings that Daniel is always looking up to God, not at the lion? You ever notice that? And that's what we do. In the middle of a mess, we continue worshiping. And we keep looking to God, not at the mess. Church, listen. There's a spirit of the day. Listen. Scripture tells us, this is back in the Old Testament, the end times, the enemy is going to try to wear out the saints. He's trying to wear you out. But you keep standing, you keep trusting, you keep praising, amen? And you keep glorifying God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror. Thank you, Jesus. But those testimonies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow. Can you imagine? I mean, man, I, tens of thousands of people probably bowing before this whole country gathered together, just scores of people. And all at once... All at once, everybody's bowing. And there's three of you standing. You ever had to stand out like that? Ever had to do that? Any situations? Right? They were, they were standing out, called out, but even threatened with their life, they refused to bow. That moves me. I'm excited about that. That, that. that just encourages me. I love Paul and Silas. Some of you think about Paul and Silas when they're there and, and they're just serving God, just doing the work of God, and they're cast in prison, thrown in prison because of it, and they're there, and in the midnight hour, it's not gloom, despair, agony on me. They're not complaining. They're not griping. Man, I wish, I wish God would have come through. I, you know, I really saw this going differently. I, I don't know why God doesn't bless me like he did Peter. I don't know. You know what? You know what? All the, you'll find that. But in the midnight hour, what are they doing? They're singing praises to the Lord. And God breaks through and does a miracle. But I'm going to tell you, that miracle of, of that place being shaken and those prison do doors being opened and those shackles coming off, would not have had the impact had they been complaining instead of praising.
But here a jailer saw their living testimony before his eyes. He saw them praising God, and that praise moved heaven, and heaven moved, and he was moved to give his heart to Jesus Christ, him and his entire family. I'm telling you, your testimony has power, and the world needs it. Our community needs it. Amen? It needs it. Let me finish this with just the priority of our testimony, the priority of our testimony. Just after being touched by Jesus, we remember the demon-possessed man from the region of the Gerasenes, just after he was set free. Remember, he was, he was so demon-possessed, the, the power of the demons was so great, they, they couldn't bind him. They had to put him among the tombs, and, and uh, they had to try to bind him. They couldn't control him. Nobody could do anything. He was in a mess. But Jesus comes in and sets him free. It's the first thing he does. Comes in, sets him free. The man begs after a series of events. And uh, the man begs as Jesus is getting ready to leave. He begs, right, for Jesus uh, the, to take him and let him go with him. Jesus said, no, what? You go home and you tell them what God has done for you. And it says that immediately he went out and he began to tell not just the family. He told the whole town what God had done for him. Right? It happened immediately. The priority of our testimony. We need to do this immediately. Upon being saved, upon God doing something, we need to begin to share about the goodness of God and look for the opportunities. Let me say, that, that's one of the reasons why water baptism is so important. And many are not following through with water baptism. If you need to be baptized in water, please let us know. Notify us. We're going to have a baptism here soon. Let us know. You need to follow through with water baptism. It's one of the ways that you can testify to the world about the goodness of God, right? But then there's the but it does not it does not do away with the verbal testimony. We need to do this. And that's where upon believing in Jesus, the woman at the well went out and told what Jesus had said. So the priority of that, our world needs it. They're in a mess. What are, where are they gonna look to? Where are they hearing? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous the things that are advertised today. We need to advertise the goodness of God and the power of God and that he loves us still, that he's got power to change and transform, and he's ready to intervene. Amen? From the moment we get saved, we need to begin to share. Right? The earliest memory I have of some of the excitement of somebody coming to know the Lord was a classmate who after accepting Christ went running and asking those that were leaders where there's a phone she could use so she could call and tell her mom about what God had done for her. When's the last time you went running to share what God has done for you? Lord, help us. Amen. Lord, help us. I want us to note when we read this in this passage in, in the Psalm 71. That's when David says in verse 18, Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Every one of us has a unique gift, and it's a gift offered to those around us, wherever God's placed us. Your testimony of what God's done. Your testimony of what God's done. Help us, O oh Lord. 
Help us, Lord. Keep standing. Keep trusting. Trust him. Take steps of faith that God can break through. Call on the name of the Lord that God can break through. How many of you are hungry? You're th- how many of you are, first of all, how many of you are thankful for the testimonies of yesterday? Testimonies of salvation. Come on. Can we give God a hand clap for that, right? Come on. Thank you, Lord. How many of you are hungry for a new testimony today? How many of you want, I want a new testimony. I want a new testimony. God, I, I, I want to see you. Not that, not, not just I need it for me. I'm praying for a new testimony. I'm praying, praying for God's manifest power to break through somebody's life. 